Everybody and welcome to Resident Frequency, the Amateur Radio Podcast. My name is Richard, KB5JBV, and I am your host. Well, uh, looks like we all survived Christmas and New Year's, and uh, at the uh, time of this recording, we are uh, uh, had a brand new president inaugurated today. Uh, thank you all for downloading us this time, and uh, we're, we're going to be looking at our uh, third installment in the battery series, which should be the last one for a little while anyway. We're going to discuss SLIs, deep cycle batteries, and marine batteries. We also have a new segment, formerly known as Buzzword, coming up. So y'all hang around and don't miss that. Alrighty, let's go first to email. Well, there was absolutely zero email. Uh, come in in the time from uh, the last episode to today. So, as far as email, we're not going to be able to read any today. Uh, as far as donations, well, we haven't haven't received any donations since the first year, and I understand things are tough, and it's Christmas time. You gotta you gotta get Mama something nice and everything else. So we're not going to worry about that too much. As far as things go going on, we're coming up on the. Uh, Coming up on the big DTV conversion, the big digital TV conversion. So uh, if you haven't gotten your uh, coupons or your digital converter boxes yet, you probably need to make a point of uh, uh, doing the best you can to get that. Okay, let me give out those uh, this information so that uh, everybody has it. I'll, I'll give it at the end of the show also. Uh, if you want to send feedback to Resonant Frequency, the Amateur Radio Podcast, you can either send it to KB5JBV at blacksparrowmedia.com kb5jbv at blacksparrowmedia.com or you can get on the forums at blacksparrowmedia.com just go on over to www.blacksparrowmedia.com click on the forum links that'll take you right on in or follow me on twitter I am kb I am KB5JBV on Twitter also, so all you have to do is type twitter.com stroke KB5JBV and I will show up. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, the ones of y'all that have been downloading Linux in the Ham Shack. Uh, for those of you who haven't checked it out, if you're interested in Linux or uh, at least running Linux on some older machines back in your shack, uh, you go on over there and give Linux and Hamshack a listen. Russ, K5TUX, and I uh, put out about an hour-long show every other week. And you can find that by going to blacksparrowmedia.com slash LHS. Lima Hotel Sierra. Uh, Sierra. Uh, LHS. Okay. Uh, what else? Donations. All righty. Uh, for those of you out there that... Uh, uh, 
want to send donations, y'all go on over to blacksparrowmedia.com and click on the donate link or go to our Amazon store. There's also a link at Black Sparrow Media for that. Uh, everything you purchase through Amazon, we get a little piece of. Um, Cafe Press, uh, we have a Cafe Press set up. Y'all just go on over to BlackSparrowMedia.com and look around. Okay, as far as the website's concerned, while I'm thinking about it, um, we've made some changes over there. We've divvied up some sections, uh, trying to get all the amateur radio stuff in one place and all the Linux stuff in one place. So uh, if you haven't been to BlackSparrowMedia.com in a while, go on over there and take a look. And... uh, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Uh, we're also working on uh, getting a better look for the thing. We just haven't found the right uh, template yet. Okay. Uh, what else? What else? it got to be something else. Y'all know that I, I just forget stuff all the time. But uh, there's got to be something else. Oh, yeah. Now I know what it was. Y'all, uh, I'm sorry about this one being a little bit late because... Uh, this is my busy time of year, so I've been running, 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 and haven't had time to finish this thing off and get it out. But uh, at least we're getting it recorded, and y'all will have it pretty quick. Uh, like I said, wanted to apologize. Uh, we'll do we'll do our best to get uh, to get the podcast out on time next month. And one more thing before we go, um, I was asked uh, the other day at Ham Radio in the Park. Uh, to uh, go ahead and let everybody in the North Texas section, y'all, I don't normally do this stuff. I try and keep the league out of things, but uh, it's kind of an important deal. If you are a licensed amateur and a member of the ARRL in the North Texas section, uh, Jay Urish, W5GM, is looking for your support. Jay is, uh, Jay's been out shaking hands and kissing babies and uh, everything else and... and he would really like to be like your vote for section manager. So uh, if you haven't sent your ballots in yet, sit back and think about it a little bit and then mark the appropriate X and send that send that bad boy on in and uh, we'll get this election out of the way. Once again, I apologize to the rest of y'all because I don't normally bring the league in here because I know folks, some folks have, uh, have uh, had a bad experience with the league. But uh, I was... I was directly asked out there at Field Day, or not Field Day, Ham Radio in the Park, to, uh, to make this little announcement. So, now we've done that, and uh, y'all sit back, we're going to play a little music, and we'll see y'all after the, after the break.
Alrighty, and this time on the segment formerly known as Buzzword, I think we're going to talk a little bit about participation. You know, I was out at uh, Ham Radio in the Park here uh, this past Saturday with uh, the Ham Association of Mesquite. They put on a little, kind of a mini field day, mentoring kind of thing going on, Elmering thing going on out there at uh, one of the local parks in the area, and they do this about once a month. Everybody gathers up and plays radios, and occasionally there's a little food involved. We all know us ham radio operators love food. And uh, I was sitting down there, and actually I was went out there specifically to talk to uh, one of the guys that's running in our current section, uh, section manager election. And uh, while I was out there, I got to thinking about it. Participation. Participation in the hobby is something that uh, a lot of us really don't get too terribly involved in anymore. Because, you know, we've got wives, children, you know, work, all this other stuff. And a lot of times, participation in the hobby boils down for most of us to getting on the radio on our drive to work and getting on the radio on our drive home from work. And not really getting on the radio much any any time in between. So, um, one of the benefits of uh, participating is, number one, you have a good time. Number two, other people see you uh, involved in and enjoying the hobby. So, they're more likely to get more involved and enjoy the hobby. So... You know, get on out there and participate. You know, that's that's one of the best advertisements for amateur radio, whether you're around other hams or you're around people who are non-hams. Because if you're participating while you're around people who are non-hams, chances are they're going to ask some questions. You never know. You might get another amateur radio operator out of it. So how are we going to do this with our busy lifestyle? Well, you know, some clubs and organizations, they offer things like ham radio in the park which uh, for those of y'all who are interested in that particular concept have no fear i already have a commitment from andy to uh, uh do an interview with us he's done interviews with us in the past and uh he uh wants to come on and talk about ham radio in the park and some of the uh, other activities that uh, he's come up with as uh, public information officer at his club uh, public information and uh, doggone it, activities committee chairman at his club. I think he's activities chairman. One of the guys will one of the guys will correct me if I'm not right. But the whole point is, you know, that's something simple. You can do it with your family. Go out, hang out, enjoy, have have some conversation, uh, have a decent meal. You know, go to club meetings at the very least. Get on your local net. You know, get on there and talk to people. Don't just gather up four or five people that you talk to on a regular basis and, uh, you know, go disappear down on a simplex frequency with them somewhere where uh, nobody knows you're there. Just, uh, you know, get out. Show that you're proud to be an amateur radio operator. Get involved with your local uh, MCOM group. Do some public service. Participating in the hobby is not that hard. It's something everybody can do. And I think you'll find, once you start doing it, that you're really going to enjoy it. You know, participation. we got to keep participation going on. Enthusiasm for the hobby. That's one thing I've seen decline over the years is enthusiasm. 
You know, I understand nowadays you can't live and breathe radio like we used to, but that doesn't mean you can't enjoy it at least some of the time. Now, that's my little uh, segment formerly known as Buzzword for this time around. And uh, y'all hang on. We're going to get into probably our last actual battery segment here in just a few. So uh, with that, I think I'm going to run down the hall and grab me a glass of tea, and I'll be right back. Okay, and we're back. Um, okay, now we've done, we're going to do one more time on the batteries, and uh, then we may move on to something different. Maybe not. We'll see. But uh, so far, we've talked about nickel metal hydride batteries. We've talked about uh, lithium ion batteries, nickel metal hydride batteries, uh, gel cell batteries, and that kind of stuff. So, to round it off, we're going to talk about SLIs, uh, marine batteries, and deep cycle batteries. Now, you may be saying to yourself, uh, marine battery and a deep cycle battery, that's the same thing, ain't it? Well, no, it's not. Um, Deep cycle batteries and marine batteries differ in the fact, well, let let me go through, let me go through them. Uh, the SLI battery, uh, they're designed to deliver a lot of current really, really fast. A lot of energy in a short burst as for starting cars and other vehicles because the starter in the car takes a lot of energy to turn it over. Now, this is a benefit when you're out there in 30-degree or zero-degree weather needing to start your car but it means that the battery doesn't do well when too deeply cycled when a lot of the charge is drained off of it in fact in the case of an SLI battery in most cases it can shorten the life from 
from 150 cycles, they may last thousands of cycles if they don't have a lot of deep discharge. And that's because of the way these things are constructed. The plates are composed of a lead sponge type material, similar in appearance to a fine foam sponge, but made out of lead. This give, this has the benefit of giving a, a, wide, a bigger surface area to each plate. Now the sponge will be very quickly consumed and fall to the bottom of the cells if the battery is too deeply cycled. That's why batteries tend to fail if uh, for some reason you leave your dome light on after you've had a battery in your car for a year or two you leave your dome light on battery goes all the way dead and you can't get the car to start you can't get that battery to take a charge anyhow and that's because this material has become damaged due to the discharge now marine batteries on the other hand they're made with thicker plates but also this sponge-like material which gives them the ability to kind of be not the best of both worlds but a hybrid something that dances in between deep cycle batteries and SLIs now the marine battery it for the most part is the kind of battery you'd have on your boat you want you want some some pretty heavy-duty cranking amperage to fire off that outboard but you also want to be able to run your lights and your trolling motor and that kind of stuff on it when the uh, when the big motor is not running and you know these are also designated in cranking amps or marine cranking amps like the battery in your car now the third type is a deep cycle battery and here's where a lot of people make make the mistake that a marine battery and a deep cycle battery are the same thing. Because deep cycle batteries are designed to be discharged down to as much as 80% time after time. That means down 80% from a full charge. And because of that, they're made with much thicker plates. The major difference between a true deep cycle battery and others is that the plates are solid lead plates, not sponge. This gives less, less surface area, thus less instant power. You know, that, that bump for getting a car started or that kind of thing. Unfortunately, it is often impossible to tell what you are really buying in some of the discount stores. and Now, this that where I got this says that, but I'll have you know at this point in time, let me stop and say it. I used to do work for a company called Johnson Control. Johnson Control makes batteries. In fact, they make the majority of the uh, better batteries that you'll find in Sears and AutoZone and places like that. They also make the batteries that you get at Walmart. Same company, same batteries, different different labeling, but they are made exactly the same. So if you go down to Walmart or someplace like that, chances are you're going to end up with a good battery at a, at a lower price. So having said that, the golf cart battery is quite popular for small systems and RVs. Now some of these golf cart batteries 
are deep cycle batteries because they're running electric golf carts. Same way with uh, some battery powered construction equipment. These are also, for the mo- most of the time, are deep cycle batteries. So if you run up a, run up on an old electric pilot jack that uh, the motors are burned out on, but the battery's good, snatch on to that bad boy. Okay, so using deep cycle batteries as a starting battery is not good. But the other side of it is, it is a benefit for us if we're going to be running radio equipment on it. Because like I said, unlike the SLIs, you can discharge them down to 80% of their capacity and still not damage them. Sometimes these batteries are called forklift batteries, traction batteries, stationary batteries, and they're used where power is needed over a long period of time and are designed to be deep cycled or discharged as low as 20% of full charge, like I said before. Now, 80% DOD is another, another description for that. These are often called traction batteries because of the widespread use in forklifts, golf carts, and floor sweepers. From this, we get the designations GC and FS series batteries. Deep cycle batteries have much thicker plates than automotive batteries, once again. And now, sealed batteries, on the other hand, uh, the maintenance-free batteries, and that's something we need to talk about at this point, I guess. Uh, When you're using these types of batteries, you need to be able to maintain them. And nowadays, it's gotten quite popular to put uh, what they call maintenance-free batteries in cars. These things have no easy way to get them open so that you can add more... uh, more water to them when they start to uh, uh, evaporate that water when they gas and recharging. Now you probably want to find find them that have some filler caps or whatever on top and when you do put this water in never use tap water. Never use tap water. I know down here in the part of Texas I live in we have a really high uh, calcium amount of calcium in our water that's because most our aquifers sit right on top of a a giant piece of limestone they got lime calcium uh we have uh stuff in the in our water which uh is fairly corrosive to pipes and stuff like that and you really don't want to put that stuff in your battery it will it will eat it up and kill it just just quicker than you would believe so always put distilled water in these batteries. Now there's some batteries out there called uh, AGMs. These are smaller deep cycle batteries, and they use uh, lead calcium plates for increased life. While most industrial forklift batteries use lead antimony plates in their batteries. These AGM batteries, you may have seen them. They're the high dollar ones you've seen at the parts house that uh, look like they look like big battery cell or big uh, cells in this battery instead of your standard square block battery. Now we did gel to electrolyte and that kind of stuff. So let's look at a couple of other things. 
how do I test these batteries? Okay, there are six simple steps in testing a deep cycle battery. Inspect, recharge, remove, surface charge, measure the state of charge, load test, and recharge. Now, if you have a, a non-sealed battery, it is highly recommended that you use good quality temperature compensated hydrometer. These can be purchased at a parts house between $5 and $20. A hydrometer, if y'all don't know, is a float type device used to determine the state of charge by measuring the specific gravity of the electrolyte in each cell. Well, that was the complicated explanation. You guys, I know that your daddies, your granddaddies, they had this thing that looked like a turkey baster with some balls in it. And they'd stick it down in that battery or they'd stick it down in the radiator of a car and squeeze it and pull some of the fluid up. And by seeing which which balls were floating, which ones weren't, uh, they could tell what they needed to tell about that. That's the low-end hydrometer. You can still get those. I've seen them. And then they have others now that have a have a needle that floats and will point to the information you need. But if you're going to use these types of batteries, a hydrometer is a good investment. To troubleshoot charging or electrical systems, or if you have a sealed battery, you will need a digital voltmeter with a 0.5% or better accuracy. A digital voltmeter can be purchased at an electronic store like <laughs> Circle R, uh, Radio Shack, for between $20 to $200. Analog voltmeters are not accurate enough to measure the millivolt differences of a battery's sta state of charge or the output of the charging system. The purchase of battery load tester is optional. If you use a golf cart or electric trolling motor every day, buy one. Now, this is important for us because you want to be able to keep track of what the state of charge is in that battery. And I know we haven't gotten to charging batteries yet, and that's probably what we're going to do next. But at this point, the main thing you need to know is that if you're going to use a voltmeter to check these things, get a digital voltmeter. They're not expensive. You can get them at Lowe's, Home Depot, the Auto Parts House. Shoot, I've seen them up at Walmart and in the dollar stores. So these ought to work for you. So we're talking about these steps. Inspect, recharge, that kind of stuff. So visually inspect for the obvious problems. For example, if there's a loose or broken belt on your charging system, Electrolyte, electrolyte levels below the top of the plates, corroded or swollen cables, and that would be any kind of cables, corroded terminal clamps, dirty or wet battery top, loose, loose uh, hold down clamps wherever you have it mounted, or a leaking or damaged case. If the electrolyte levels are low in non-sealed batteries, Allow the battery to cool and add distilled, distilled water to the level indicated by the battery manufacturer. If this is not indicated, use a quarter inch below the bottom of the plastic filler tube. The plates need to be covered at all times. Avoid overfilling. 
especially in hot climates, because heat will cause the electrolyte to expand and overflow. Step two, recharge. Recharge the battery to a 100% state of charge. If the battery has a difference of .03 specific gravity reading between the lowest and highest cell, then you should equalize it. And that's a whole nother kettle of fish, and we're not going to get into that right now. Remove the surface charge. Surface charge is the uneven mixture of sulfuric acid and water within the surface of the plates as a result of charging or discharging. It will make a weak battery appear good or a good battery appear bad. You need to eliminate the surface charge by one of the following methods. Allow the battery to sit for 4 to 12 hours to allow the surface charge to dissipate. Apply a load that is 33% of the amp hour capacity for 5 minutes and wait 5 to 10 minutes. With a battery load tester, apply a load of at least one half of the battery's CCA rating for 15 seconds and wait 5 to 10 minutes. Now, then you go back and you measure the state of charge. If the battery's electrolyte is above 110 degrees Fahrenheit, allow it to cool. To determine the battery's state of charge with the battery's electrolyte temperature at 80 degrees Fahrenheit, so then load test it. If the battery is fully charged or has a good built-in hydrometer indication, then you can test the capacity of the battery by applying a known load and measuring the time it takes to discharge the battery until 20% capacity is remaining. Normally a discharge rate that will discharge a battery in 20 hours can be used. For example, if you have an 80 amp hour rated battery, then a load of 4 amps would discharge the battery in approximately 20 hours or 16 hours down to a 20% level. Now, batteries can take up to 50 charge-discharge cycles before they reach their rated capacity. Depending on your application, batteries with 80% or less of their original capacity are considered to be bad. Let's just say if uh, you can't get them to charge any higher than 80%, it's time to replace that battery. If the battery passes the load test, you should recharge as soon as possible and restore it to peak performance and to prevent lead sulfation. And that would be sulfides building up on the plate. Okay, I know this is probably more information than y'all can use. But the fact of the matter is we want, we want to make sure that we have the information we need when we go to set these things up. Because if you go with deep cycle batteries, they are not cheap. They are definitely not cheap. Uh, I've, like I said, I used to work with them. In fact, we used to have this machine that it was a battery tester that you could just put on the thing, hit a button, give it a few minutes, and it'd tell you everything you wanted to know about that battery. 
Uh, we also had a companion piece, which all the stores had, which uh, could take these batteries and condition them and bring back batteries that could possibly be could possibly uh, uh, get more more mileage out of them. Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, the uh, the folks that were using them just uh, really didn't pay attention to that much. So, as we go on down our list, uh, flooded wet cells. We don't even we don't want to do any of that. So, basically, and we'll go ahead and cut this segment short. Basically, what we uh, what we need to look for is uh, deep cycle batteries if we're going to use them in our shack. We need to make sure our shack is well ventilated if we're going to use these because we don't want that hydrogen building up. But the, the car batteries and the marine batteries are probably not really going to give you great service over the long term if you're powering the radios in your shack. Now, don't get me wrong, having an extra battery in your truck, uh, running through an isolator, fantastic. That could really get you help you out in a pinch. But we want to use these lead these uh, deep cycle batteries. Make sure they're deep cycle and they're rated in uh, amp hours and not cold cranking amps. And gather them guys up and uh, get them loaded up. And I think next time we're probably going to talk about some ways of charging some of these batteries we've talked about over the last three episodes. And I hope y'all have enjoyed at least the first part of this. Uh, I figured we'd do a series because some of the guys have been asking for it. And with that, I guess we'll move on to the next segment. Delta land At the end of the week When the work was done Sing and dance To a distant tribal drum And make new music With whatever
and it's old Jim Crow. Any way you can get there, sweet home Chicago, you gonna play the blues and pay your dues. You're a Southside citizen. go that brings us to uh, the end of another episode of resonant frequency the amateur radio podcast uh, thank y'all for dropping by let me go ahead and throw those uh, email addresses and stuff out there y'all send us some email or post in the forum uh, the email address is kb5jbv at blacksparrowmedia.com that's kb5jbv at blacksparrowmedia.com. Or visit forums over at blacksparrowmedia.com. That's www.blacksparrowmedia.com. Y'all get that stuff coming on in, because at the very least, stop by and say hello. Maybe drop off a show suggestion or something. Uh, you know, ask a question. We're, we're getting more and more folks on the getting more and more folks on the website on the forums nowadays y'all don't forget to listen to the other show uh linux in the ham shack which uh we record uh, every other week russ k5tux and myself and uh i really think you'll enjoy it even if you're not interested in linux you might actually learn something new uh what else before we go oh yeah congratulations to our new president uh and good luck, brother. Um, y'all make sure you uh, check out for the uh, North Texas section election. Let's see how that comes out. Well, I can't think of a whole lot else. Oh, yes, we're looking for contributing authors over at BlackSparrowMedia.com. To be a contributing author, if you write a blog post every once in a while or write a short article for your newsletter... You know, uh, you don't have to write anything special for us. You just send us a copy of something that's uh, that's pretty good. Uh, if you uh, decide to be a regular contributing author, we can go ahead and put you on that way, and you can add uh, your articles whenever you're ready, and uh, we can even add some links. If y'all have useful links that y'all run across in your ham, ham radio experience, go ahead and send those over. We'll get them posted. Uh, even if they're podcasts, because, hey, man, I am a big fan of good, healthy competition. So uh, I have no problem posting those links over there. Um, let's see. we got to have something else. We can't. I mean, doggone, I haven't gotten anywhere near an hour this time. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's okay. Next time around, we're going we're gonna to yak for weeks and weeks and weeks. Alrighty, I can't think of a whole lot else at this time. Y'all uh, 
Y'all try, try and dredge me up on D-Star. I'm going to get back into that a little bit. And hopefully things will slow down by next month. But let's see. We talked about Linux and Hamshack. We talked about Black Sparrow Media. We gave y'all the email address. Y'all don't forget to follow me on Twitter. I'm KB5JBV on Twitter also. And, you know... With uh, a lack of anything else productive to say at this point, I guess we'll uh, go ahead and call this one in the can. So until next time, y'all, take care of yourselves and your family, and uh, we'll see you. We'll see you next month. Uh, Richard will be another year older. Seventy-three, y'all. <laughs>